Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Mohawk Mama Soul. This podcast is especially, essentially for the writing soul. We don't focus on the writing craft. There are plenty of podcasts for that. But here, you are the focus. Your own personhood, not just what you produce. So let's go ahead and get started. Ultimately, you are a soul who writes. Writing is work. Writing is rest. It's your movement in the world, the unique embodiment of your freedom. You are a writer. If you hold yourself accountable, for documenting, witnessing, journaling, educating, blogging, even writing copy. And this opens up others to their freedom, their imagination, their growth, and their healing. And it does so in such a way so that you are able to be generous with your love, with your gifts, with all of who you are so that it will be an expression of your soul care from the inside out. That's what the Mohawk Mama Soul podcast is all about, helping you attend to your writing soul. What we do here is notice, nurture, and embody soul care in a culture of scarcity, noise, and frenzy. And so that is what you're welcomed into. And anything that we are talking about will always come back to three foundational things that you notice in order to nurture, in order to embody, even more earnestly and intentionally. If this is your first time, I want to welcome you in to this Soul Care Campfire and let you know that you are right at home. You are in a place where you already belong. You have nothing to prove, girl. And here's what I want to make sure we do first and foremost. I want us to get our headphones on. I tend to speak low, that's just typically what I do, but it might be easier to hear me if you have your headphones on. But it also can become a sanctuary for you where you kind of Put everything else, the noise, to the side. Be ready to be a receptive repository so that you can gather in, but then you can release. So you want to be a conduit just as much as a repository. Receive it and then be courageous enough to let go. Let's be clear, we must always start with the premise of our freedom. And so that is where our foundation is in this time that we'll spend together. And that is Jesus already sees us as free because we are. So the choices that we will be looking at, they will come from our freedom. And so let's keep that in mind. But first, let's define the term soul. We're talking about how to approach soul care in our calendar. Well, I want to tell you that I go into this in more depth 
on the most recent blog post. So you can definitely find the link to it here and also uh, really begin to look at that more closely. And that is from a Hebraic perspective, not a modern Western perspective. I'm drawing from the Hebrew word nefesh. And the fact of the matter is the soul, the nefesh, is the whole of the person. It is the unity of the body, the organs, and breath. It is not some immaterial spiritual entity. It is you, all of you, your whole being, your whole self. And so we must understand that people don't have a nefesh from the Hebraic perspective. We are a nefesh. Choose to experience and let go of expectations for why you're here. Expectations can prevent us from seeing what's right in front of us. Our assumptions color what's really there. Sojourner, I want you to practice looking at yourself. Really look at yourself past who you've been told that you are or who you have believed yourself to be or the part you have played, the roles that you play, the masks that you wear. Let's remove them. Let's remove the prejudgment and critique one layer at a time that normally attach themselves to those very things. Whether you're standing or sitting, with or without a mirror, I want you to pause and trace with your hand a section of your body, maybe your face, maybe your hand, your arm, your legs, maybe your thighs, maybe your belly, your chest, your shoulder. But what I want you to do is allow your hand to trace your holy temple. Welcome her. Welcome her creator and sustainer. Get a keen sense of your embodiment as you untether yourself and discover aspects of drawing in the closeness of who you are and who you are becoming because of who has created you and designed you. It is difficult at times because when we do not notice due to hurry, busyness, avoidance, the lies or dismissal, we will not be attentive to who we really are. And so that, that is where we want to begin. Shalom, sisters. Are you ready to gather around this soul care campfire again? Because today we're going to look at how to approach soul care in your calendar. And we're going to look at just five contemplative checkpoints. And one of the things I want you to do right now before we even go into that is I want you to notice 
where your body is holding tension in this very moment. Pay close attention to the embodiment narrative that it is speaking to you right now. Because today's invitation is going to be about being flexible and focused to keep God's purpose steady and your plans fluid. You know, after all, our plans are merely guesses. We're using the information we have at the moment, in the moment. And sometimes we guess pretty accurately and other times plans just go off the rail. But if we keep in mind that the foundation of our very being is God's purpose and not our plans, then we will not believe that we've risked everything and possibly lost everything when our plans have not gone according to what we prefer, expected, desired, whatever. So let's do this. Let's together look at the embodiment narrative that our calendars are speaking to us about and that our body is wanting to bring wisdom and more shalom to us by really leaning into a truth that sets us free. Let's do that together. Now let's get a snapshot of the five contemplative checkpoints. And so even though these are going to be snapshots, again, you can go on the blog, mohawkmamastudio.com slash mohawkmamablog. And mama is spelled M-O-M-M-A. All right. Checkpoint number one. Use Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 to face your unbelief and get curious about it. When you get honest and open with the process of trusting God's word, instead of shaming yourself, what we will find is that we will value our relationship with him more than the outcome we think we ought to have or need to have. And so this puts us in a position to receive and we can release ourselves from narrating the undone stuff, the messy stuff, the mysterious stuff, the why is this stuff even still my stuff? I've been there. I'm there sometimes. (laughs) I don't know what rest needs to look like for you. I don't even know what it looks like for me in each new day, but I do know this. We will have to actually choose Jesus over our ego. I'm going to say that again. We will have to choose Jesus over our ego because the ego will have us confuse activity with value, whereas Jesus will help us sort through his burden-lifting values throughout each day, moment by moment. Here's what I believe the bottom line is. I believe that the practice of engaging Jesus is alone That shalom, that deep rest of the soul brings all of life's shadows into the light to be healed and transformed in the context of communion with Jesus and others. Do you know what that makes us? 
It makes us spiritual alchemists. It does. So, checkpoint number two. Track where your time is actually spent with compassion and curiosity. Now, let me just say, when we start to measure and look at things, it is so easy to become a critic. It is so easy for us to begin to use confrontational words and harsh language toward ourselves or even others. But right now we're looking at the mirror. We're looking in the mirror. There's no need to chase balance as we do this. Just as balance is a product of healthy, a very healthy vestibular system that relies on the inner ear. I was so fascinated with this almost 10 years ago because I was studying balance that I came to understand that balance in the personal life is also a byproduct of how healthily you and I attune our inner hearing to love's invitation to come to me. This is our freedom. So we don't have to chase something that's already ours. It's a byproduct. And so as you track the rhythms, there is also a PDF for you to download and to walk through step-by-step with that if you desire. Three, claim your creative margin or your thinking space. Because if you don't, if you don't claim time for the spiritual, emotional, and cognitive space you need to process your life and think through all kinds of decisions and study or read or listen to a podcast, dream or lament or focus on what will refuel and refresh you, it will get eclipsed by the other things that fill your days. And so I found out early on when I began trying to do this, when my, um, four children at the time, there were three, there were three years and under. I found out I would have to draw on bravery and courage to just take five minutes each day at the same time to sit down and carve out that time for myself and listen deeply. And at that time, I would listen to my favorite five-minute radio show. It was messy and it was daunting but my calendar needed mercy in just that small way. And I had to believe it for myself that I was a worthy recipient. This was definitely a whole new attitude for me. It was and it is a paradigm shift. Let me just tell you, it is essential to the process as much as the transformation that takes place as well. So when you're pulling up weeds, and you're planting new seeds in good soil, you're doing it as a very caring, very gentle gardener. Number four, identify and write down and prioritize your to-dos, your tasks, and your projects. Now, this I go into a bit more detail, so this is what I'm going to say for this matter. We prioritize what we're clear about. And the fact of the matter is that to prioritize your life isn't a way to put on your armor, to keep to-dos stringent and safe and in order. Your priorities are important, but they are not a line of defense against all the potential antagonists. Actually, 
When we prioritize, it is one of the ways you and I choose self-nurture and show kindness to our brains. I have a lot that I have to say about the neuroscience behind that on the blog. But one of the things I do include that I'm really pleased to tell you about is that there's a to-do list. I call it the healing in my to-dos. And I've also added that on the blog post that you can uh, feel free to download and try it out. All right, sisters, before we continue, I want to share with you today's sponsor. Here's checkpoint number five. Sync your life rhythms with another person. Now, I cannot emphasize enough how significant it is to share your calendar and your to-dos with those in your support community. So whether that is your family or co-workers, study group, or what have you, you will benefit particularly with those who you're constantly in the kind of relationship where you really do need to know each other's calendars. And practically, this is beneficial because you get to share in the experience of syncing your lives together instead of constantly hashing the conversation. What do you have on the calendar for XYZ day? Or can we do this at this time? You just go to the calendar. We use Google Calendar. And so we have that synced in such a way across the board for our family that it's color-coded, so we know who is who, just at the glance of the color, and it automatically prioritizes for me just by the color what's going on. So at a glance, I can see that. Now, which do you prefer, paper and pen or digital? I do both because I, I feel like there's something different that they both offer, so I do opt for a mix. And I also use Google Keep for my lists and my reminders. And of course, because it is part of the Google Suite, it's, it's integrated. And I and my husband and my children, we use this in such a way that it just reduces so much conflict and so much chaos. And one of the things that I want to tell you that I view as a way of really keeping me sane is by batching tasks that are similar. So what I mean by this is that not only do I color code the priorities in my Google Calendar, um, I also take the opportunity to say, okay, what day am I going to do my Let's just say, for instance, let's take my broadcasting and social media day. I choose to do that on Tuesday. So I focus on publishing the blog and the podcast, connecting with my social media channels and those who are my supporters on Tuesdays. I send out an email to those who've joined my Sabbath Rhythms community. And this becomes a very clear, like designated thing that I know I'm doing on Tuesday. But it's different on Mondays because Mondays is all devoted to money matters. It's my money matters day where I am focusing on budgeting our personal finances and my studio finances. So we're talking about paying bills, placing orders, grocery shopping. 
This does help to do things in chunks for the purpose of simplicity. And so even if I miss a day or a week, that's permissible because these are rhythms. They're not covenant promises to anyone whereby if I choose to broadcast and do my social media on Wednesdays instead of Tuesday on one particular week, that's fine. But as much as possible, when we are invited to be flexible and focused to keep God's purpose steady and our plans fluid, we will very much be careful about committing ourselves to those things that exceed our capability and our capacity. But when we do, and we have to kind of rein it in, there is plenty of soul care hospitality for us to go in and begin to look at where mercy can be distributed in those places in our calendars where we probably weren't so merciful with ourselves, but we must permit it. And this, this is the way that our soul can be acknowledged in our calendars. The way we can approach it is that our calendars can begin to open us up to embody honesty and healing in profound ways if, if we are willing and if we are ready because we're already free. As you've been taking this journey, I want you to just stop for a moment and consider with me who has come to mind that you want to share this episode with. And I want you to make sure that you do just that. Whether you take a screenshot of it and then send it to someone's way. um, Or you post it on your social media channels. But I want you to invite someone else into what you have been journeying through and what you are processing. And with that, this is really a great segue to let you know we're going to spotlight the sharing of another woman who dares to be brave and courageous. I call it the spotlight of she did that. And so with that, let's transition and look at how another woman is calling us into a space in her own life where she is imperfectly and beautifully embodying her life voice. I recently came across a question that rocked me to my core. It simply asked, if you had a friend who spoke to you the same way you speak to yourself in your head, how long would you allow that person to be your friend? Ouch. We all have that voice in our heads speaking to us all the time. It's the core of what we are really thinking. It's in those inner voices that I personally find the most critical messages that I believe about myself. Have you ever experienced that? Thank you so much for joining me on this soul variety pilgrimage. Thank you for letting me guide you, teach you. Thank you for letting me also learn alongside you how to engage this fascination and this focus on your, our embodied narrative. So... This is what we have to look forward to in this season. 
So let's do it as soul care advocates that begin with our own advocacy of full embodied living. Shalom. Share the Mom's Podcast with your friends. Jesus is always with your heart. He loves you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.